Well, I thought today I'd just kind of wing it, you know, kind of make it up as I go. I really didn't have time to, didn't take time to put a message together. But I'm hoping you'll stick with me here. I mean, I might stumble onto something good. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll, like, get on the right track. I mean, maybe today won't be a bust. I'm just hoping that that something happens to make our time together worthwhile. Now, if you know me very well, you know I'm kidding, right? (laughs) I have never, uh, I started preaching when I was 16, I have never stepped up into this moment, this God-given opportunity without a lot of forethought and preparation. In fact, started working on this series a couple months ago. Because here's what I realize, that every single week I am given a God-given opportunity to mark lives, to mark eternity. And so I would never step into this without preparing, without some kind of a game plan. But here's the tragedy I started thinking about, that too many people are more than willing to do life without a plan. In fact, we're quite comfortable stumbling through life, hoping uh, tomorrow might be better than it is today. No plan, no strategy, just hoping. And consequently, people end up just existing. I've heard said that there are three kinds of people in the world. There are people that make things happen, people that watch things happen, And people that have no idea what just happened. (laughs) Everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Most people, unfortunately, stumble through life. Stumble through life without a plan, without preparing, without passion without a focus from God. Everybody ends up somewhere. We're starting this series, Elevate, because I want to change that. So so we can end up somewhere on purpose. You know, five years from now, I want you to think, do a little bit of thinking. Five years from now, how many of you would love to have stronger, deeper relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends? How many would like to have the kind of relationship where you're kind of hitting on all the cylinders, where you're connecting, things are growing, where all your relationships are are God-honoring? How many of you would like to have a relationship someplace close to that? Let Let me see hands. If your spouse isn't holding their hand up, push their hand up, you know, but... I mean, financially, can can you imagine five years from now, you're debt-free? No credit card payments, no car payments, maybe no house payments. Your biggest financial problems, what you're going to do with the additional resources. I mean, how many of you would say, you know what, count me in. I'd like to be there. I want to be there in my life. Now, how many would like five years from now to be able to say you're in the best shape you've ever been in your life? 
where you feel great, maybe look great. That's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. We're going to start talking about how to elevate our lives, how to take things to to the next level. And this is different than like New Year's resolutions because those usually fail miserably. But the fact is I have figured out that none of these things happen by accident. Elevating your life doesn't just happen. Everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. And so what I want to do today is kind of lay a foundation, because I I believe Elevate is about seeking the heart of God. It's about ending up somewhere on purpose. It's about putting together not resolutions, but a life plan that changes everything. Proverbs 29 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision. Where there is no vision for a godly family. Half of marriages end in divorce. We live in a country where children are growing up without parents. I mean, physically they have parents, but they're just not there. Where there's no vision for financial freedom, richest country in the world, most debt-ridden country in the world. Where there's no vision for a healthy body, I mean, I I think we all desire kind of like six-pack abs, but we settle for a keg. (laughs) Thus says the guy that just ate his way around Chicago. But anyway, (laughs) where there's no vision, people wonder. They stumble through life. Life ends up being reduced to surviving, you know, making it through the week so you can enjoy the weekend. You know, where there's no vision... You just hope you can pay the bills. Where there's no vision, you just stay in the marriage for the kids. Where there's no vision, the people what? Perish. You know the Hebrew, the word for vision there is hazan. It's uh, where there's no hazan, the people perish. I mean, what, what is that? Well, it's to, to dream to have a revelation, to have a vision in life. Where there's no dreams, where there's no revelation, where there's no vision, people perish. I challenge you to just take a moment, think about this past week. Okay, just this past week. On a scale 1 to 10, 1 being it was a horrible week. Hope I never have to go through a week like this again to attend being this past week was heavenly, you know, the greatest thing this side of eternity. As you think about your week, what would you give it? One to ten. Five. I heard a five back there. 
Do I hear six? Do I hear seven? <laughs> you know. But here's the important question. Whatever your number is, that's fine. What are you basing your rating on? For instance, uh, if you said uh, five, you say, I want to ask you why five? You know, if you say three, I want to ask you, why did you say three? You might say, well, my spouse and I fought a lot this week. You know, the, my kids were just horrible. It was a three. You know, I, I didn't close the deal. I didn't get the promotion. You know, my, my, my car broke down. Um, my hair just won't cooperate with me. Uh, you know, last week was, was horrible. But what'd you base it on? And if you rated it low, why did you rate it low? And if you rated it high, you go, oh, it was an 8 or a 9 or a 10. You know, things were great at home. You know, my, my, my kids made the honor roll. You know, what, what is it? I, I closed the deal. I, I got the promotion. I got a new car. The Steelers are in the playoffs. What was it, you know? <laughs> you knew I was going to work that in, right? But just rate last week for yourself. And then answer the question, why did I rate it what I did? And here's the key question. How do you define success in your life? What is success to you? More importantly, what what does God say success in your life is? Because I am convinced that if I said, who wants to have a great life? We'd all go, well, let's see. Who wants to have a great life? (laughs) I, I think we all do. But I think we're not sure how to have that. In fact, I'm not even sure we know what constitutes a great week. We're even less sure how to create one in our lives. Everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Where there's no... Hazon, where there's no vision from God, people spin their wheels, people wander aimlessly through life, people just survive. I don't know how many of you remember the 2004 Summer Olympics, uh, Matthew Emmons, he was uh, shooting for a gold medal. And it was a five meter, three position rifle, it was the finals. All this guy had to do was come somewhere near the target, somewhere near the the bullseye, and he had gold. I mean, it basically was his. He aimed. He slowed everything down, stopped, took a breath, and pulled the trigger, bullseye. Dead center. Gold medal, right? Wrong. He hit the wrong target. Yeah. Sad story. He went from gold medal to eighth place 
one shot changed everything. Where there is no vision, friends, people hit the wrong target all the time. And I believe that we will all stand before the creator of this universe, your creator, my creator. And I hope we don't hear, what were you shooting at? What were you shooting at? Everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. And I know as I say that, some of you are going, okay, so what's the big deal about a week? You know, what's the big deal? So, so I waste a day. You know, and, and it's okay. You, you should have times when you just escape everything. But what is the big deal about that? Well, friends, you waste enough days and you got a week. Still not a big deal. You waste enough weeks, you've got a year. And you waste enough years. And one day it hits you. And that is the great tragedy. You waste a life. You, you waste it and you invest it in things that just don't last. Everybody ends up somewhere. But few people end up somewhere on purpose. It is too easy to waste your life. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask everyone to to make a commitment. Make a commitment to yourself to be here through this series. To, you know, if you aren't able to be here because you're out of town, then make sure you go to the website. It's easy. You can either watch the message or listen, but so that you can get the same foundation. And that's what I want to do today is just kind of lay a foundation for us. Next week we'll start dealing with specifics and start moving ourselves forward. But if we are going to end up somewhere on purpose, we got to aim at the right stuff. And we need a game plan for that. And I believe to help us establish a game plan for our lives that we are going to need God-honoring goals for our lives. Why do you need God-honoring goals? Well, I can think of several reasons. But one of them is God-honoring goals give you purpose. They keep you moving. They, they give you hope in life. I uh, was reading, it was a while back, but reading a study about Holocaust survivors. And what they found was the people that survived those concentration camps, and I mean, we're talking horrible things that they had to endure. But they found the major reason, there was one thing they all had in common, and that was every one of them had some kind of goal that they, they focused on. They focused on looking forward to something. And it gave them purpose so that when they wanted to give up, it kept them moving forward. You know, life is full of losses. Some of you have lost loved ones this year. Some of you have lost jobs. Some of you financially lost. There there are so many kinds of losses that, that we have to face, you know, illnesses and accidents and struggles, things, things that happen. I believe it's really easy to, to get stuck if you don't have goals. God-honoring goals, I think, keep you moving. They, they keep you moving forward. 
when, when you feel like giving up. It gives you hope, gives you strength to, to endure whatever it is that, that, you, that you're facing in life. I like what uh, Job said after he'd lost everything. And I mean, he lost everything in his life. He says, I do not have the strength to, to endure. I don't have a goal that encourages me to carry on. He understood the, the importance of, of having something to look forward to. He realized its absence. Do you have goals? In fact, I wouldn't even have to know you very well if I was to sit with you and ask you, do you, do you have goals in your life? If you told me no, I could tell you you're drifting in life. You're, you're coasting. You're, you're going through without much direction. You're probably struggling. See, everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Goals move you in a direction. Goals give you, give you purpose in life. They, they give you an aim in life. They help give definition. You know, what am I going to do with my life? My one and only God-given life. You know, whether, whether you've got one month or six months or, or 600 months, if you have goals, it answers the question, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Goals don't have to be huge either. You know, sometimes I think we think they've got to be this monstrosity, this, you know, wow thing. But how many of you have ever had surgery? I remember when I, I blew my knee out and had to have it repaired. After surgery, they do a bunch of goals for you. It was like, okay, let's see if he can sit up on his own. Let's see if he can sit on the edge of the bed. Let's see if he can stand up. Let's see if he can take a few steps. Let's see if you can walk around the hall. And at some point, they said, let's see if you can work out now. And they were, there were a lot of small goals, but they were important. See, goals don't have to be big to, to begin to change your behavior in life. I remember when we first started Faith Fellowship. Hindsight, as I, as I look back, it was a bit overwhelming. I mean, all the stuff that, that needed to, to happen, that I needed to do... And I'll be honest with you, I had a lot more questions than I did answers. And there were many times through that that I thought, you know, this may be more than I can do. And I remember thinking on numerous occasions, and this was kind of my prayer, and it was a goal in one, it was, God, just get me through this week. That, that was my goal put one foot in front of another, a lot of tiny little bitty goals for that week. Now, 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 things are a lot different. I'm like, God, help us grow a great church. Help us reach people for, for Christ. But then, it was pretty simple, pretty small. In fact, I found in the, those tough times, especially like if you're going through hell, so to speak, you, you've just got to keep going because you don't want to stay there. You know, goals keep you moving. 
in a direction in, in those times when I've really been down in my life, when I, when I feel like I'm in the fire. I have always held tight to the Jeremiah scripture, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. That verse, I have held on to that many, many times. Because when everything in me says quit, when everything says give up, I remember God has a plan. You know, some, some of you right now are stuck in the past. Some of you may be stuck in the problems in the present. And I want to tell you, it's easier to move forward if you got goals. God-honoring goals. If you don't, you get stuck. You know, God-honoring goals, I think, give us a, a focus. You know, a focus for our energies, a focus for our lives. It helps us with, with our priorities. In fact, if you want to live an effective life and get to the end of it and go as well-lived, I think it requires focus. And I, I've said this often, you do not have to do everything. But you should do a few things and do them well. In fact, you don't have time for everything. And that's a problem in our society because we think we do. But you can waste so much time with indecision. You know, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? But when you have a goal, when you have goals in your life, makes that decision easier because you can look at your goals and go, does, does it move me forward with my goals or not? It's a much clearer picture. How many of you, let's be honest, how many of you have ever gotten to the end of a day and you go, where did time go? <laughs> you know, what happened to the day? Did, did, did I get anything done today? I mean, how many of you have been there? I ran across this, this poem. It's uh, kind of cute. It goes, I've gone, I've gone for a drink. I've sharpened my pencil. I searched through my desk for forgotten utensils. I reset my watch. I adjusted my chair. I loosened my tie and straightened my hair. What's left of it? I filled my pen and tested the blotter. I've gone for another drink of water. I adjusted the counter and raised the blind and sorted erasers of all different kinds. Now down to work, I can finally sit. Oops, too late. It's time to quit. <laughs> I believe when you don't have goals, that can happen to you pretty easy. And, and then you top it off, this world is full of distractions. It's really easy to just watch your life go by. You know, you can get to the end and go, what did I do with it? Not much. And we also live in a world that I think is confused. Now, most people do not know the difference between pressures and priorities. You know, things that we have to do and things that are really important. You know, most people don't know the difference between activities and achievements you know, what's urgent and what's important because they're not the same, friends. They're not the same. In fact, I would, I would challenge you to look at your to-do list this past week. 
And I bet most of the things that were urgent were not the most important. And friends, I'll be honest with you. It took me a lot of years to figure out that the things that are urgent usually aren't that important. And the most important stuff is rarely urgent. In fact, it's real easy to just kind of push it to the end of the list in life. Things, things like, uh, I'm going to spend more time with my wife. I'm going to spend more time with my kids, with my grandkids. You know, I, I need to spend more time with, with God, pursuing my relationship, growing spiritually in my life. What, what happens is those things, the important things, get pushed aside by the urgent things in life. I think it's what Paul was pressing at when he, when he wrote. He says, I do not run without a goal. I, I fight like a boxer who's hitting something, not just the air. You know, Paul says, I, I'm not just flailing around. I'm not just spending energy. I'm not just doing this stuff to no avail. You know, when I run, I don't just run. I have a goal in mind. It it makes sense. I've got things that I'm running toward. See, God wants to give you hope and and he wants to give you focus when you set goals. And I also believe when we set God-honoring goals that it'll stretch our faith. In fact, without God-honoring goals, you will coast through life. You will waste your life. You will drift and if you have goals, but they're not God-honoring, you'll just invest in things and it'll be empty. But God-honoring goals, they're going to require faith on your part. God, God-honoring goals, I, I believe, are actually statements of faith. You know, I believe God wants me to do such and such by such and such a time. I'm trusting that God will help me accomplish this but you got to have goals you got to have god honoring goals in your life wonder what those are that's what we're going to try and put together you know jesus said he said according to your faith let it be done to you the longer i live the more i spend time in in god's word the more i've come to realize you get to choose your life. Not not everything that happens in your life. Don't misunderstand me. But you get to choose how God's going to work in your life. How God's going to bless your life. And I've said this many times. If you want God to bless you in a small way, then you trust God in small ways. If you want God to, to bless you in medium ways, then you give him medium in your life. But if you want God to be fully invested, you got to give it all. You got to give Him it all. You got to trust God with every single thing. You got to center everything with, with Him. You know, if you don't trust God at all, well, God doesn't get involved. According to your faith, according to your faith, it's done. You want that. Um, you know, you're not sure if you've trusted God. 
here's how you know. If you strive for something that you absolutely couldn't do on your own. See, that's where faith kicks in. You know, faith kicks in when, when you kind of enter that realm of what seems impossible. You know, that's, that's the history of, of this church. You know, a group of ordinary people attempting to reach impossible goals just decided, you know what, we are going to trust God and we're going to do everything we can, but we're just going to trust God. And friends, we have watched God do the impossible and made it possible. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, he says, I tell you the truth, if you had the faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Nothing. See, I'm going to challenge us to set life goals, not New Year's resolutions, life goals that change things. It's not based on what we think we can do. It's not based on what you think you can do or what I can do. Because if you do that, unless you have a huge ego, you're probably going to set pretty small goals. But I want to suggest that we let the size of our God determine the size of the goals that we set. What it is we, we strive for. See, it changes when I begin to think about what I believe God can do in my life. And and here's what I think happens when we trust God with whatever that goal is, that as we begin to give our efforts and our energies and, and we sacrifice, I think God notices that and he gets involved in our in our lives. In other words, you can't just say, oh, this is my goal and never do anything. But I I wonder what would happen if we were to take, and in 2011, we decided we're going to quit stumbling through life. We're going to quit hoping something good might happen. I mean, what if 2011 was the year that you elevated things? that someday you're able to look back and go, you know what, 2011 was the year that I elevated my marriage. 2011 was the year that I elevated my relationships. You know, 2011 was the year that I got back in shape in my life. You know, 2011, I took my relationship with God to a new level. I got my financial house in order. 2011, I started living a God-given dream. It may seem impossible. I don't know. I don't know where you're at in your life. It may require extreme sacrifice and endurance. In fact, I would forewarn you, it probably will. It may seem overwhelming when you think about it, but think about this: with God. It is possible. Put your faith to a test in 2011. Paul writes, he says, Now glory be to God by his mighty power. Work within us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. 
God says, you think of something great for your life. You think of something that I could do in your life. God says, I'll top it. I have watched God do it time and time again. And it is about trusting. God honoring goals. They will build your character. They will change you. See, God's number one purpose in your life is to build your life. To grow you spiritually. So that you become more like Jesus Christ. That is God's goal. However, he needs to make that happen. That is what he's about. You know, God wants you to think like Jesus. Wants you to act like Jesus. Wants you to talk like Jesus. Wants you to respond to things in life the way Jesus Christ would. You know, this life is just kind of a uh, character development class. It's part of the reason that life's hard. And it is hard. Be easy in heaven, but it's hard here. Because it's a prep. It's a prep for eternity. Which means who you become is more important than what you do in this world. You hear that? Who you become, that's what God's concerned about. So, you know, why set goals? Well, here's what I think happens. When we set goals, when we start working, actually taking steps toward those goals, whatever they are, God begins working in us. God begins working on you and me. And God uses those goals to change you and to change me. And while you're working on, you know, your circumstance, while you're working on your family or your relationships, while you're working on your finances or your career, your health, or you fill in the blank, but while you're working on whatever it is you're working on, God's working on you. God's changing you. God's developing your character. He's trying to make you more like Jesus Christ. That's just how it is. God begins working It doesn't happen overnight. It is a lifetime commitment. Two two of the most common things I see when people set goals for their life, and I I think they're mistakes. And one is that when people set goals, they usually set them too low, and they try and accomplish them too quickly. Here's what I think. It seems, and I think it's why resolutions fall apart for many people. But we overestimate what we can do in a year. And we underestimate what we could do in the next five years or ten years of our lives. The fact is, it, it just we, we, we take a misstep. And that's what I want to... Correct. I want to challenge us through this series to to set bigger goals for our life, but lifetime goals, to to long-term goals, and most important, God-honoring goals. 
Because when they're God-honoring goals, I believe a couple things will happen in your life that will keep you moving forward. And that is when you have God-honoring goals and you start pursuing those God-honoring goals, what it, what it does is I think people notice. They, they admire that. Scripture says if your goals are good, you will be respected. But if you're looking for trouble, that's what you get. And don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that if you set a God-honoring goal in your life, that everybody's going to cheer for you. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, I'm not even sure that society as a whole, when I look at it, even knows what good is anymore. You know, society has got more untethered from God, more ungodly. It seems like we we almost celebrate uh, ungodly character, ungodly lifestyles. But I still think that when the goals are God-honoring, when they're good, when you live with authenticity, in other words, what you say and do kind of sync up, I think people still notice. I think society still notices. And I know mature Christians spot it in a minute and they go, that's, that's a good goal. I need to cheer them on. But more important, whether anybody respects you or not, is that I believe when you set God-honoring goals, I know it pleases God. And I know it makes God smile. You know, Proverbs 15 says, The way of the wicked people is disgusting to the Lord, but He loves those who pursue righteousness. Not every goal, not every goal you set or I set is a good goal. Not every goal that people set is a godly goal. And not every goal does God promise to bless? In other words, it's my way of saying you can't just go set any old goal. You have to center your goals in Jesus Christ. In other words, when as we're going through this series and you're thinking about goals, life goals, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself a couple questions every time you go, maybe that's a goal for my life. One is to ask yourself, Am I trying to get God to serve my purpose with this goal? Or am I trying to sink my life to God's purpose for my life? That's, those are good questions. Helps you uh, weed, weed stuff out. You know, maybe you need to Ask yourself as you you begin thinking about goals and as we talk about it the next few weeks to just say, how does this goal impact my life in light of eternity? You know, what am I going to think about it when I finish this life? Is that goal really worth it? Paul says, I do not run without a goal. Paul ran with a purpose. As you start thinking about various areas, and we're going to kind of unpack them one at a time. If you're going to succeed, 
with whatever those godly goals are, you've got to put God in the center of it. You know, Proverbs 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In other words, seek God. Talk to God about whatever goals you're considering. How does it fit into God's purpose for your life? You know, allow the the Holy Spirit to kind of nudge you in the right direction. It says, do not depend on your own understanding. In other words, how does your goal kind of sync up with God's word? You know, talk to a mature Christian and say, hey, I'm thinking about this for, for a goal. What do, you, what do you think? Because here's what I found through time is that God will speak truth into your life through mature Christians. They'll help you make the right choices. You know, it says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. If you put God in the center, you seek God. I believe God will help you find success, help you move forward, help you set goals that whether it's 10 years from now or 50 years from now, you go, you know what? Best thing I ever did. God's got a plan for your life. And that's what we're going to try and unpack. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, there are dreams all over this place. And I, God, I know every single person here that um, you have implanted in them a purpose, a vision. God, sometimes we just uh, we fail to run after, fail to run that race. God, I pray that you would open our eyes, you'd open our hearts, you'd open our lives, that we would um, search our hearts and seek you, what you'd have us do with this life. God, I pray that uh, we just put you center, always in the center. And God, give us wisdom in the weeks ahead that we begin living the life that you created for us. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the ways that you guide us. We thank you for what tomorrow holds. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.